We passionately urge you to allow us and trust us as professionals to help manage and safely execute events. This basically hides the virus from the immune system. It basically makes the virus look like all the other cells in the human body. Exploring the science behind COVID-19's attack. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. In just a few moments, we'll be joined by a UCSD professor investigating just what makes COVID-19 so infectious. But first, here are some of the top coronavirus headlines for Tuesday, June 23rd. The COVID-19 pandemic is biting back. More than half the states in the U.S. now seeing a rise in coronavirus infections. An analysis by ABC News found increases in hospitalizations in 21 states and increases in daily deaths in at least eight states. Dr. Anthony Fauci testified on Capitol Hill, warning we aren't entering a second wave because we never got out of the first. We are still in the middle of the first wave. So before you start talking about what a second wave is, what we'd like to do is to get this outbreak under control. With the disease still spreading nationwide, some state leaders and the president himself suggesting the rise in cases is due more to testing. By having more tests, we find more cases. Doctors say that sort of reasoning isn't rooted in logic. That is absolutely not the explanation. There are just many more cases happening because the infection rates are rising. On a positive note, Dr. Fauci still fully expects a vaccination to be in the pipeline, saying during his testimony, it's a matter of when, not if, one will be developed. Even though COVID-19 numbers have been rising in San Diego County, there's still a push to open back up private events like weddings. And joining me right now is ABC 10 News reporter Rachel Bianco. And Rachel, um, obviously this isn't like huge stuff like concerts or sporting events, but event planners would really like to see if they can pull off some uh, socially distanced weddings and other events like that, huh? Yeah, that's right. And today the Board of Supervisors, they heard from dozens of people who really feel like they've kind of been forgotten uh, with everything that's going on. And anyone who's either had a wedding, been in a wedding, or even just been invited to one knows how much planning it takes in advance. And they heard from some brides-to-be talking about how much money they've lost on deposits just because of the uncertainty of when private events will be allowed. And even though our numbers are going up, they know that This isn't something that is going to be approved in the next week or two or maybe even in the next month. They just want the county to ask the governor for some guidance so they can start planning. And then that way, whenever the governor does give the okay, they can really uh, get back in business without having too much of a delay. So we heard a lot today from people in the catering industry, private events industry, uh, wedding planners. And it was interesting, too, because they also said even though these events are not allowed. They are still happening right now. They were talking about how a lot of people are holding bootleg events in their backyards and not with the proper safety measures in place. So they're saying, you know, give us a chance. We've got the licenses and we'll follow the guidance. They also heard from a number of officials from the Chamber of Commerces. We heard from Oceanside, Carlsbad, Poway, and they're asking that the street fairs be allowed to open back up. They're saying if you can have a swap meet, you should be able to safely have a street fair. So that's going to be included in the letter that the county is going to send to the governor for this expedited guidance. Um, Now, Nathan Fletcher, Supervisor Nathan Fletcher, he was opposed to this. As we know, we've had 
uh, a few outbreaks in the last week or so. So he was saying that this would be reckless and irresponsible, um, especially when we already have a significant number of indoor gatherings that are allowed and we're seeing these numbers go up. But again, Supervisor Jim Desmond, who was the one who pushed for this said, I'm not asking for the okay right now. I'm just asking for some guidance so we can start planning. He also mentioned in July, they only have one meeting scheduled. So they really wanna get going on these things. And either way, the final say will be up to uh, Public Health Officer Wilma Wooten. So it's not like the county is gonna just go ahead and say, okay, you can ha have these mass private events without her blessing. ABC 10 News reporter Rachel Bianco, thank you so much. You're welcome. New government data confirms African-Americans and Latinos have been affected more by COVID-19. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services shows black people have been nearly four times more likely to end up in the hospital than white people. That's among the 60 million enrolled on Medicare. Hispanic people were hospitalized about twice as often as white people. The analysis also shows the biggest risk factor overall for COVID patients was having advanced kidney disease. About 75% of people with the condition ended up in the hospital after catching the virus. A pharmaceuticals company with labs in San Diego just landed a $71 million contract with the federal government to help deliver a COVID-19 vaccine. Innovio Pharmaceuticals is currently in phase one of a study for a potential vaccine. It also produces a device that would be used to administer the vaccine once it's ready. The contract with the Department of Defense would help scale up production of that device. Inovio says it will report on its phase one findings very soon and begin phases two and three later this summer. The pandemic continues to produce conflicts when people refuse to follow mandatory facial covering regulations, including airline passengers who needed to be escorted off the flight. The airline staff had no other option, it seemed like, and they ended up calling on to have the LAPD come on to the plane. One recent incident occurred aboard a Frontier Airlines flight from L.A. to Denver. Officers boarded the flight and removed the passenger. Not everyone wants to wear a mask. I'm one of those people, but, you know, we do have to comply to, you know, and if you want to fly, like, we have to do what we kind of have to do right now. Major U.S. airlines say face coverings are required, with passengers now having to deal with the new realities of traveling in the age of COVID-19. Airports are looking at new ways to keep customers safe. At LAX, a first-in-the-nation pilot program to check passenger temperatures, cameras will screen passengers walking in. Another will scan the terminal. Of course, there's still a limited number of places to fly. The European Union is considering blocking Americans from entering when they reopen July 1st. This according to a draft list accessed by the New York Times. It's based on a model limiting travel from areas with highest new infection rates based on population. Right now, the U.S. has the second-highest amount of new cases behind Brazil. Tennis superstar Novak Djokovic has tested positive for the coronavirus. The number one ranked player in the world is the fourth player to test positive after taking part in a tennis exhibition in Serbia and Croatia over the last two weeks. His wife also tested positive. Djokovic released the statement saying, I'm extremely sorry for each individual case of infection. I hope that it will not complicate anyone's health situation and that everyone will be fine. And the DMV will finally resume behind-the-wheel driving tests on Friday. The tests have been suspended for the last three months to allow for social distancing. People whose tests were canceled will have priority and their appointments will be automatically rescheduled. Appointments for new behind-the-wheel tests are expected to open up later this summer. The DMV says everyone will be required to wear a mask and answer some health questions before starting. 
Well, this should be a fun one for the science buffs today as we discuss new research as to why the COVID-19 virus is so infectious and has spread so quickly around the world. We're joined right now by UCSD Professor of Chemistry and Biochemistry, Dr. Romy Amaro. Dr. Amaro, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, before we get to the findings of the study, uh, first of all, just kind of walk me through how does one go about studying something so microscopically small like the COVID-19 virus? Yeah, so that's one of the things that really makes it so challenging is it is so small. And so what we're doing is we are using um, really sort of state-of-the-art computational methods to develop really super detailed models of the virus using data taken from all types of different techniques. But we're taking all this data together and we're building sort of one model that we then um, explore basically what it looks like and how it moves using computers. So the body is designed to seek out and destroy viruses, but some seem to be more effective at essentially tricking our bodies and getting past our natural defenses. What is it that you and your team learned about the COVID-19 virus? Well, that's exactly right. So these viruses basically have devised a really clever strategy to camouflage themselves when they're inside of us. And that's essentially what they do is they, they sort of coat, they put on this protective coating. Um, it's sort of uh, a lot of different kinds of sugar molecules actually. And these, this sort of shield that we call it a shield, a sugar shield, this basically hides the virus from the immune system. It basically makes the virus look like all the other cells in the human body. And so once it's sort of wearing this, this cloak or this shield, it, can, um, it has a much better chance to go undetected by your immune system. So obviously, I think the first question once you hear that is, does this knowledge in any way make it possible for more scientists to develop a way for the body to possibly fight the COVID-19 virus now that you know this? That's right. So um, what we did was we didn't ex we weren't the team that discovered that it was sort of wearing this cloak. But what we were able to do using computing is to figure out what this shield looks like. And what's it's important for two for two reasons. The first reason is that if we sort of know what the armor or the shield looks like, then we can we can look across all of it and try to see if there are any holes that can be used basically for us to you know penetrate or sort of help us kill this enemy right and so we can look for what we call vulnerabilities in this shield and so these you know why this is important is because these places that are exposed so where the shield doesn't cover those would be the places that are really good for vaccines so for antibodies to bind which is important because we're all waiting for a vaccine so that we can go back outside and you know hug people um, and it also gives us a chance to, to develop what we call small molecule therapeutics. And this would be something that wouldn't be sort of what you take in advance, right? So the vaccine sort of protects you from getting it. What we could do with the information that we've sort of learned is try to figure out, okay, if somebody already does have it, where could we develop drugs that would, you know, be best to sort of bind and kind of attack the virus? This is all, yeah, this is all really exciting. Um, you know, I've talked to a, a few different scientists and professors over these past three months while doing this podcast, and they're obviously doing work all over the world, but it seems like there's so many of them here in San Diego that are 
um, studying different aspects of the disease at UCSD in particular. What have you seen kind of from the inside of the scientific community about this overall fight against COVID-19? It's been amazing. I mean, it's been amazing. On the one hand, you know, um, this is a really sort of uh, difficult, challenging time, right, for humanity. Um, on the other hand, for scientists, it's been um, just, it's, a, it's, it's, it's been a really sort of exciting and special time. And yes, you're right. It's not only scientists at San Diego, and there's quite a few of us, but also scientists all around the world. Um, you know, we've been collaborating with more people than I ever dreamed possible. And sort of everybody is really united in their sort of collective efforts to do whatever we can to try to help defeat this virus. So it's been, you know, it's, uh, it's been busy and exhausting and exciting. Um, and we still have a long way to go. But, you know, already, I think we see that the sort of the way people coming together is really a silver lining of this whole now, it seems like we're getting closer every single day. Uh, UCSD professor of chemistry and biochemistry, Dr. Ro Romeo Morrow, really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. We're also seeing more good news as the process of rebounding from the pandemic continues. Get ready for Padres baseball. The Major League Players Association has agreed to a 60-game season starting July 24th. An abbreviated spring training will actually be held at the team's home ballpark, so the Padres will be back at Petco Park starting July 1st. All games this season will be held without fans and with players and staff observing strict social distancing rules. San Diego still faces a long road to recovery even after the pandemic subsides. ABC 10 News is committed to helping San Diegans rebound from the turmoil created by the coronavirus. Getting back on our feet, finding jobs, resources, and creative solutions to rebuild. Together, we'll find a way. For stories and more information on how we bounce back, go to 10news.com rebound. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins.